due to the graphic nature of this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Episodes may include discussion of abuse, murder, sexual assault, and other incidents that some people may find offensive. We'd advise extreme caution for children under 13. Ishwari Khandaya tapped her foot impatiently while she waited for a bus to pass her by. She checked her phone for the 17th time that hour. The time was 9.13 p.m. As her phone lit up with her mother's name, she answered it and muttered, Enna Amma which was Tamil for yes, mother. Her mother fired back in rapid Tamil, asking her where she was and when she would be returning home. Ishwari explained to her mother that she was running late after work as she could not find a bus home. Her mother suggested she order a pick-me back home as it was getting quite late. Ishwari grumbled back that her took had cancelled on her already three times that night. She sighed in frustration as she hung up her phone and waved out her hand in an attempt to haul a three-wheeler on the road. Yet every three-wheeler she attempted to stop drove by. It was 9.48 p.m. when an older gentleman in a green Bajaj three-wheeler finally stopped by Ishwari. She didn't even check if he had a meter or if it was affordable. She hurried in and said, Rohini Road Vellavatta, as she settled in with her bags. The three-wheeler sped past Armour Street and her three-wheeler driver let out a sigh of relief. Miss Thakin at the Hulmana, he said, jokingly to Ishwari, which meant, did you see any spirits? I'm Stephanie Hurft, an investigative journalist and true crime enthusiast. Every Tuesday, I'll be taking a deeper look into some of the most famous and infamous true crime mysteries that took place right here in Sri Lanka. From serial killers to love stories that ended in gruesome deaths to even exorcism and the occult. This show leaves no stone unturned in sharing the most gruesome true crime stories to come from this island we call home. Unsolved, bone chilling, murders that will have you screaming. This is Murder, She Cried, an original podcast from Paradigm. Holmana, she asked, confused. Who's Holmana? 
Bulmana is a term used to refer to ghosts or spirits in the Sinhalese language. I Miss Armastreet Holmange Katavadanatta, he asked with a glint in his eye. Don't you know the story of the ghost of Armastreet? She shook her head and listened intently as her three-wheeler driver whose name was Piyadasa, told her the story of Kumara. It was April 30th of 1997 when Kumara left for his usual three-wheeler route in Greater Colombo. Kumara had just turned 19 old enough to finally start driving his father's three-wheeler. Rebellious and full of life, Kumara would often take his father's three-wheeler for a spin from a very young age to the dismay of his mother. His father wanted him to achieve greater things in life, Piyadasa explained. Where is this story going? Ishwari wondered. Kumara raced through his day in his three-wheeler, despite receiving a good education. He enjoyed long drives around Colombo, meeting new people and conversing with his passengers. Every night after his route, he would often meet up with his friends for a smoke and talk about their days around Colombo. Piyadasa happened to be one of his friends. In the night of April 30th, Kumara seemed to be miles away from his usual happy Golaki self. He looked like he had just seen a ghost, which was when Piyadasa nudged his friend and said, you look like you have just seen a ghost, Piyadasa said jokingly. Kumara stared back in confusion. Holmanak Tamai, he said, and looked back at Piyadasa in horror. Piyadasa stared in shock as Kumara repeated the events of his night. It was around 10.15 p.m. when Kumara dropped off a passenger in Union Place and was speeding through Colombo 14, wind in his hair. Grandpa's junction was dead at that time of the night. The May Day rally was a day after, yet not a soul was in sight. Just on the turn to the junction, Kumara spotted a figure, a man, hauling his arm out at Kumara's three-wheeler. Kumara had passed by yet decided to go back for that hire, as it looked like the only hire he was getting in that area. As Kumara reversed, he only caught a glimpse of the figure. 
clad in a white shirt and beige trousers. A blue cap on his head covered his features. Naginamatya Kumara told the man, which meant, get in. Harimalli Keselvatta Yamu, his passenger said cheerfully. As Kumara raced through to his destination, he caught a glimpse of his passenger in his rear-view mirror. Chills ran through Kumara's spine as the man smiled at him, an almost knowing smile. There was something so familiar about his passenger, yet Kumara could not place a finger on it. His passenger adjusted the cap on his head throughout their trip. Kumara warmed up to his passenger, who was quite a conversationalist. He continued to ask Kumara about his upbringing. Kumara asked his passenger if he lived in Keselvata or if he was just visiting. I used to live there, but now I just visit, his passenger replied. As they finally reached their destination, his passenger got off his three-wheeler and thanked Kumara politely, asking him how much his three-wheeler fare was. When Kumara told him, the man put his hands in his pockets, looking for his purse, yet he could not find it. Confused as to not having his purse in his possession, he told Kumara that he would hurry into his private office and find him some cash. Kumara agreed and waited patiently as the man rushed into his residence through the open gates. Again, there was something familiar about his passenger. Fifteen minutes had passed, yet the man did not return. Kumara grew restless and went up to the building. He looked through the open gates and walked inside. As he walked up to the building, he scratched his head in confusion. The building, though grand, looked like it had not been lived in for years. He looked for the man, yet could not find him. He walked up to a veranda attached to the garden, where he caught a glimpse of a statue. As he looked at this statue, it dawned on him. Could it really be? President R.W. Premadasa, the words on the bottom of the photograph read. He stared back in horror. His thoughts were interrupted by a low voice that said, 
Monada Otanakarani, what are you doing here? Kumara jumped to see a skinny old man peering at him, the torch in his hand. Kumara pointed at the picture in horror and back at his three-wheeler. The man seemed to understand. He nodded his head knowingly and asked Kumara how much the passenger owed him. Kumara refused the fare, petrified at what was going on. The man placed a hand on Kumara's shoulder in an attempt to comfort him. Bayavendepa, he said, Janadipati Mukutkarani Nehan, Ea Dani Nehan, Ea Nati Vilakiela, which meant, Don't be afraid. The president will not harm you. He does not know he has died. Kumara, in shock, ran back to his three-wheeler. Terrified, he would run into the president. The events of the night all made sense. The place he picked his passenger up from, Armour Street Grand Pass, was the very location President Premadasa was assassinated and the place he asked to be dropped off was Sucharita Keselvata, the president's private residence and officers. It all fell into place as Kumara processed that he had indeed cited the spirit of President R. W. Premadasa. President R. W. Premadasa, former Prime Minister and President of Sri Lanka, was assassinated during the May Day Rally of 1993, along with 17 other victims by LTTE Black Tiger assailant Kula Veerasingham Veerakumar, alias Babu, close friend of the president's driver, P. Mohideen. As Babu walked towards the president, security attempted to stop him, yet Mohideen intervened and allowed him to get closer to the president. When Babu detonated the explosive, 17 of his staff were caught in the crossfire, including SSP Ronnie Gunasingha, Mohideen, and most of the president's close staff. The May Day Parade continued after the explosion, despite 18 deaths and 38 critical patients. It was all over in a matter of seconds. 
one minute the president peeked his head to check on May Day preparations at the rally and the next he was gone in the explosion. His spirit yet lingers down Armour Street waiting to hitch a ride home. Ishwari shuddered, goosebumps on the back of her neck. Piyadasa turned to look at her. At the Katawak Miss, Mamat Bayai took Swadia Nawatan Nehe Epare, which meant, true story, I am also scared, which is why not many three wheelers like stopping down that road. Kumarata Mukattavune, she asked Piyadasa curiously. What happened to Kumara after that? Piyadasa paused. He recalled the fear in the eyes of all who worked Kumara's three-wheeler route. Kumara never drove his three-wheeler down that route since. Yet, the story of his passenger spread far and wide as a cautionary tale. The ghost of President R.W. Premadasa, who roams through Armour Street trying to hitch a ride. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week as we bring you a brand new true crime. If you like this show, follow at Paradigm Podcast on Instagram, TikTok and YouTube. Murder, She Cried, hosted by Stephanie Herft, is a Paradigm original. It's executive produced by Zeeshan Akram Jabir. Podcast cover art by Randita Philip with production assistance by Rajit Malikaspe. This episode of Murder, She Cried was researched, written, and fact-checked by Stephanie Herft. To hear more from me, follow me at Steffi Herft on Instagram and TikTok. The source material for all episodes on this podcast comes from a team of researchers who use publicly available information and verified accounts from people who were alive during the said period. If you would like to get in touch, please write to info at paradigm.com.